Today's video, guys, is a very serious subject, and we're going to dive right into it, is are we obligated or required to share salvation with others? So check this out. It is Sunday night for us. And Monday morning for you guys. Monday morning for you guys. And you guys should be having your coffee break right about now. Yeah. Yep. So. Coffee, tea, hot chocolate. Water. Little, I would eat that chocolate. How about just water? Water sounds really, really good too. Some people start the day with milk or orange juice. I know Sister Lydia starts her day with milk. She. She ends, her, she, she ends her day with milk, starts her day with milk, has milk in the midday. I'm surprised Al, Pastor Al, doesn't buy her a cow. It'd probably be cheaper. Very true. She's a milk lover. Raina and I should pitch in together and buy her a cow. <laughs> what do you say, Raina? Should we buy her a cow? Raina won't. She bought a cow, she'd keep it. I know, that's true. I would keep it, too. I don't think I'd give her a cow. I'd so, keep it. and call it Betsy. Wow, what the last few days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Besides the last few days, wow, today it's been busy. Hopefully you guys were able to join us for Sunday service. Beautiful worship. As you notice, JD, that is Sonia's, I was going to say Sonia's wife. <laughs> that is Sonia's husband. Guys, you've seen Sonia, Sister Sonia. Um, she's been doing a lot of the worship lately, and she got her husband, JD, to participate today. Yay. Yeah. Go, JD. Yeah, they did great, man. They did really great. I'm, I'm excited. It feels weird to worship next to my wife. I think it's... Well, I love it. How can you? Because you're actually... You're, you're giving the word and I'm worshiping. So it's almost the same thing because yours is just a different form of worship. No, to have you next to me. To be able to have people up there... And you being next to me during worship. Oh, I know, huh? Yeah. It feels beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I really do love it. So, Thank you, guys. And they're worshiping together too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys are worshiping together and I get to worship with him. That's, yeah. It does feel really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, in case you wonder, we never talked about it, but Brother Ruben that plays a guitar... I don't know if you remember, his little wife was pregnant with twins. Yeah. So that's why you don't see him as much, because I don't know what it's like to have two babies, but I know one baby is really hard. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's a lot of work, you know, so. Well, well, part of the reason um, as well, it's because one of the babies was born only at four pounds when the baby was born. Um, and was very, very small. Mm -hmm. And um, they were at a very fragile state when the babies were born. So um, it took her a while, you know, for the babies to build a strong immune system. And they look so the same size, though, are they? They're, she's catching up. Oh. She's catching up. So because of that, guys, you know, um, 
he's had to be there with her, of course, you know, yeah, um, they had to keep the babies on a very, very, very strict uh, nutrition schedule um, so that the babies can can grow yeah. and have the, the proper nutrition for one of the babies to actually grow um, and, and to to be healthy. So, guys, it was really, really imperative and very, very important for him to be there to give her that support that she needs. And he just barely, just not too long ago, went back to work. Yeah. Um, so I know that he's trying to find work a little bit closer. Yeah, he commutes. Is, it's way yeah, too much. He is um, He's into information technology, guys. You know, he's an IT guy. So if any of you guys know who are local that know somebody who is um, looking for an IT guy, this is his, uh, what he does for work. So... If you know anything, let us know. You know, um, he is looking for somewhere local uh, to do IT. And um, we're looking to get Ruben a little bit closer to home. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, because right now I think he has a two and a half, three hour commute both ways. That's her five or six hours that's getting taken away from him helping his wife. Yeah, and his family. That's a lot. That's almost like a double shift. Yeah, it is. Wow, it is. I, never, I never thought of it like that. So, really, yeah, really if he got a local job. That would give him five to six hours extra a day. Yeah. That's 25 hours extra a week. Yeah, just to be here with his family. That's 100 hours a month. Yeah, that wow. would be great. But we would love to have him back, you know, closer to home. And I know it's coming close to that time where we can have the twins. I can't wait to just squeeze their little cheeks, you know, and have them. I promise I won't squeeze them hard, Katie. I promise, okay? I will contain myself. <laughs> But um, I'm excited um, for that day to come when we can, you know, have them yeah. at the church and have the whole family there and have him back to playing, you know, playing the guitar yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he loves to play, so he hasn't gone anywhere. I notice that there's times where he just kind of gets like, I got to play. He'll I gotta, show up. And he'll show up out of nowhere and he'll be like, can I play? And I'll be like, go for it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll see him sporadically. It's because he's really, really just wanting to play and he'll find a song and he'll be like, I really want to play this song. And I'll be like, go for it. But yeah, um, just keep him in prayer, guys, that those doors do open up um, because we really do miss them. We really, really do. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a great service, great worship. Hopefully you got to hear the, the sermon. And um, then we, we pretty much went to eat and came home, guys. We retired because of that long trip. We took the young adults on. Well, you guys saw the videos. I put a couple of videos in the snow. And um, yeah, so we came. And then I, we ended up watching the Super Bowl and just kind of fellowshipping, talking because Daniel and Naomi came by, the newlyweds. And um, we kind of like were half watching it and half just kind of laughing and joking here on the couch. And and uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a busy day. Yeah, it was... Um... It was a bittersweet moment for me today because um, when you're preaching, when you're preaching, um, I, I every Sunday, you know, I always get to see the first super cat. Yeah. You know, and the first super cat is always from Anthony De La Garza. I think he's probably usually the only one that super cats on, on a Sunday, Sunday because that's his that's his offering. Yeah. Yeah, because he, as you guys know, he was paralyzed from a stroke for 21, 22 years. So on Sunday morning, as soon as he logged on, he gave his offering every time. And it wasn't there today, you know? So that's what, that's that what you're talking his, about. That was his super cat. He always did a little super cat. Yeah. Um, actually, it wasn't because he does give his offering through. No, I know. That's why I said his offering. 
Because he does that's tithe. You know, no, he does his tithe through through the church thing, but that he just oh he would always yeah. just do a super cat on on top of that. He always did a little super cat yeah. saying good morning uh, family or something like that. Yeah. But um, I missed it. You know, because I was just always so used to seeing it every Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, and I just really, really just, it was just so, it was just so hard to not see that, you know, mm -hmm. there today. Yeah. It really was. And I know that um, he's, he's really, 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 truly, his presence is going to definitely be missed. Yeah by by very many because everybody 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 knows him yeah. on you know on on this platform everybody does you know guys i know you guys see him on the comments and, and used to that but um even though i was asked to officiate the burial um but the actual service i heard is going to be at a big church because of the people he impacted that they're expecting a lot of. I'm seeing people on my wall that I don't even. I didn't even know knew him, and they're posting pictures with him. Yeah. Like a lot of people, you know, yeah. because of the encouragement, you know, and, and I mean, he had pictures with so many famous people too, boxers because he was a huge boxing fan, you know, with boxers and people and just wow, you know, and. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm going to be honest, it was a hard sermon to preach. Um, I had a sermon title before he passed. I had some ideas that I jotted down before he passed because I, I, I wrote kind of a, a loose frame structure of the sermon before we left because I knew we're going to be busy Thursday, we're going to be busy Friday, we're going to be driving back Saturday, so I knew. So I kind of wrote sort of a, a loose frame of the sermon, but... Yeah. You know, Saturday morning, we woke up to check out of where we were at, and we found out about Anthony. So, obviously, that shaped the direction of the word, uh, you know. But, man, it was it was hard <laughs> to, to deliver that today. Because uh, I just, you know, he was in my heart, you know. And So, um, anything else or you want to? Um, no, just, you know, wanted to once again congratulate the... You know, um, the Ruiz, the Ruizes, you know. Ruiz? Yes. Yeah. They're newlyweds. I think it was, um, it was very special to me because, you know, a lot of the times, um, a lot of the times when we can impact, you know, uh, um, when we can have an impact on anybody's lives, it's because they allow us to be part of their lives, you know? Yeah. And I think that um, it was very, very special because um, we have been able to be or or be an encouragement to this young couple because they have allowed us to be part of their lives. Um, and because they've been an open book and we've been yeah. an open book with them. And, you know, I know that a lot of the times people will be like, well, you know, um, you know, well, how can we get that counsel or how can, you know, just by being yourselves and being an open book and allow us to be part of your lives. That's what it's about. It's about building a rapport and building a relationship with yeah. one another. Um, 
we can't we can't really pour into someone who doesn't allow themselves to be poured into you know yeah. and i really love the fact that you know this young couple um allowed themselves to be an open book we have um you know really have been able to sit down with them many times and they have always you know sought out counsel with us and you know they have always been just very open with asking teachable questions is yeah the word. they have a teachable spirit and they mm -hmm. have always asked questions and we've always been very open and honest with them about and even hard questions yeah and they've asked many many mm -hmm. questions and mm -hmm. Sometimes there are things that they don't want to hear, and sometimes there are things that are, are difficult to even hear. Yeah. But, you know, we've always been very honest with them. And, um, you know, it came to that moment where, you know, we were going on, you know, this young adult trip, and they said, you know, well, we want to do things right. You know, we want to make things right. And, um, and we said, okay. And we went with them, and they, it was something that they thought was going to be very, very hard um, we went with them to the courthouse and to the county registrar, you know, and we went, we went in there with them and we just sat down and we let them do their thing that we were there as a support with them. Yeah. And, um, they got themselves their, their, finally their marriage license. And, um, here we were with them and we went ahead and married them, you know, and it mm. was beautiful, Yeah. you know, and it didn't take a lot you know they said well we want to be able to bring our family you know their their mothers and you know and their family and everything and have a ceremony the proper way and everything but they wanted to do what was right yeah so that they can make things right so that yeah. they can be blessed and everything yeah. and i thought that was beautiful yeah that was good you know that is that that's good i, I like what you said though is that you know i remember early on um when i when the church was in the beginning couple years, mm -hmm. you know, before you, how long was House of Rest before you came along? Started in 2011. Well, we met in the end of 2014. Okay. And I moved here in April 2015. So it was three and a half years already that House of Rest was going? We met in September yeah. of 2014. So before Sharon was around, um, as the church was growing, when it was, you know, 30 people, 35 people, um, it started getting hard because at first, when it was five people, it was easy for me to spend time with all of them mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. But then it grew and it grew and it grew. And eventually what happened was, you know, some couples or somebody started feeling a certain type of way because a new person would come. They'd get saved. So I was going to pour into them. They're like, well, what about us? What about me? What about, you know? And um, <clears throat> so then they're going through a situation. So I'm trying to help that situation. Yeah. but And then this family is going through something. So I'm trying to be here too. And then the third family. And, and each one had something different. But nevertheless, it was hard for them to understand. Because I think a lot of times... Um, they would look to me, but I'm one person. Yeah. You know, so if I'm putting a fire out here, there's three fires here. And these three are, are angry because I'm not helping put their fire. So I go to this one. So now this one and this one, you know, just it gets really hard, you know. And, and I say all that to say this is that a long time ago when I before I got into the music industry, as I was getting into the music industry, remember I shared with you about the engineer that was blind? Mm 
that taught yes, me yes, how to, he yes, taught me yes. how to engineer yes. actually a few blocks from here yeah. at the university. I booked time with him, not knowing it was just a local studio and they would rent it out to people outside of the university, I think to help raise funds for their radio station. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how much. And I, I didn't realize that the guy was blind. He knew how to engineer the whole studio. And I remember after paying him for three songs, um, I told him, I want to know what you know. Would you mind teaching me? Can you? I said, I'll continue to record here, but can, can I ask you a question? He goes, you want to learn this? He goes, of course. You know? And, um, and he took the time to pour into me. Um, I didn't expect him to come to my house and teach me. I didn't expect him to come on my dime and on when it was convenient for me. I had to do what was convenient for him because he was the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that was going to do the pouring. So if I was really that hungry, I was going to make myself available at his time, not my time, right? And I think sometimes we come to a tunnel vision where here's the thing me and Sharon are, are human just like you we get hungry we get tired we have bills we have errands we have doctor appointments we have a lot of stuff to do and there's a lot you have no idea what situations are going on in the hundred plus people of house of rest you know so I think sometimes, maybe whether it's consciously or subconsciously, it's like we're expected to be there on your time. And it's impossible. Can't do that. You know, as much as we would love to, we can't. So it comes down to, this is what, what, what made me think, say this and, and think this, and I pray it's coming out the right way, is I, what I love about Daniel and Naomi is, yeah, maybe they have flaws. But you know what? They understand. So where, where we're going to be, they go where we're at. Yeah. And if we're here, they go there. And then, like, today he's like, hey, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? I'm like, I'm just going to go home, dude. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to watch it from my house. Can I come over? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no, you yeah. know? And and I guess that's that's what I like is the fact that they understand. As young as they are, they understand our pastors are busy, but you know what? I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. So what happens is, yeah, you came for the Super Bowl, but we ended up talking about things. Yeah. And that's where it happens. That's where ministry happens. Mm-hmm. So if you're not making yourself available and you expect us to go, and that's, don't get me wrong, man, but it's hard because what a lot of times, like I said, I'm probably saying the same thing all over again is, what if there's 50 other people? And we can't go there. Yeah, it gets hard. You know, I myself, when I got out of prison, I would go to the preacher. I didn't sit back thinking like, hey, if that pastor don't come and have a conversation with me, I would make a beeline to the pastor every single time, babe, I did. Yeah, and I was and I was tired and everything, but guess what? It didn't stop me from getting in my slippers. <laughs> And getting, you know, very comfortable and just saying, you know what, um, but I was able to get comfortable and everything and we got comfortable, but we were able to sit down and still even still minister yeah. and still talk, like you said, and still be able to to pour into and, and, 
conversate and everything, you know, and enjoy some food and break bread together and everything. And I thought that was important. Um, and, and those things are very, very important. But the thing is, is that it's, it's a two-way street. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a two-way street. We got to make an effort um, both ways. It can't be one. It can't be one-minded. Mm -hmm. We have to. It's a two-way. It's a two-way thing, and and it's very very important because um, and and I and I like that. I like what you said. I'm, I'm saying it back to you. I really like what you said too because um, I think that's a that's an important way of looking at it because there's only one of us and many. Yeah. You know, and we can't be in very many places all the time. Um, so, and there is a lot, a lot going on, but it, it is a two-way street. And, and I just, I just wanted it. I wanted to share that because um, we need to have that teachable spirit. And I think it's important that we got to remember that it's a two-way, that we got to also get a response and people have to be open and willing as well to to be able to reach out to us as well yeah. i think that's really really important yeah, yeah. exactly you know i i just wanted to share that because um i really really truly believe that um if a person has an open an open heart to want to receive um my mom used to always say this and and sometimes i never understood her for the longest time she would always when we were younger Una, una boca, una boca cerrada no va a comer. And I would be like, hi, what do you, why do you keep saying that to me, mom? You know, I, I'm, she would always say a closed mouth will not eat. And I, and I didn't never understood it. Never understood it until I got older. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean a closed mouth isn't going to be fed? You know, I'm not hungry. I would, I would tell her, you know, I'm not hungry. Why do you keep saying that to me? You know, until I fully understood it as I grew older, that unless I speak up, that it's not going to happen unless I speak up. I'm yeah. not going to get what I want unless I speak up. And I fully understood it until I had kids. And I'm like, now that I have kids, I realize, like, speak up. You know, I tell my kids sometimes, be bold. You know, speak up for yourself. I tell my kids, I'm, I'm very, I, I say that. I don't say what my mom says. I just tell my kids, speak up. You know, when you go somewhere and you want something, say what you want. You know, if, you know, when, when we go to a restaurant or we go somewhere and, and, and you, you want something, I tell them, honey, speak up, speak up for yourself, tell her what you want. And if, you know, you go somewhere and something's not right or whatever, you have every right to say what it is that you want. Don't settle. Mm -hmm. Don't settle because you should know your worth, know your worth, know what you are worth and speak up because you deserve the best. You know, so speak up for yourself. And and they sometimes they'll be like, no, it's okay, mom. You know, I don't mind, you know, and they just curl up. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. If you work hard for something, you deserve the best. Don't take something that's broken. Don't take something that's not good. You know, you deserve the best. If you work hard for something, don't settle for it. You know, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't cut yourself short. And you know, it's it's just what it is. We gotta speak up sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to share that because um I I was really, really blessed and humbled by you know, by the fact that when I was um 
when I was over there with the young adults and I, I seen Rihanna just working on, on her hair and fixing her hair and just, and when I was just doing her little makeup and, um, how we were trying to figure out how to set up a little background and everything yeah. and how we just did everything so humbly. And then I seen them go to the Dollar Tree and they went to go get a little flowers together and, and we got little Dollar Tree candles and, um, and we just made it work. Mm -hmm. And you guys put like our little lights together yeah. and, and you put a little phone together. and You, you guys, guys, I didn't do anything. Well, the boys, uh. you know how the boys kind of set up our little media boys, you know, they set up the, everything together. And, and I just loved how they did that as team, as a team, you mm -hmm. know, and they made everything so beautiful. Everything just turned out beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, um, the Lord just strategically allowed it all to happen. And then here we have our young adults seeing something so beautiful because they're stepping into that, into that time of life where they're going to meet somebody someday. Mm -hmm. They're coming to that age, you know, and, um, and I'm wanting them to see what it's like to, to get married and to have that life, to know what it is to have a blessed union by the Lord. And I just, I'm happy that they got to see that. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day where they're going to be able to do that one day. Amen. Yeah. So it was just beautiful. So, um, the passage guys, we didn't forget. Yes, I know we we're did it. 25 minutes in, but we didn't forget. Mm -hmm. It's actually in, uh, the book of Ezekiel chapter 33. And, um, um, I'm just going to read it and then we'll share about what we wanted to talk about. But Ezekiel chapter 33, verse, uh, is it 6? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Verse 6. Okay. Um, and this is the Lord talking to the prophet Ezekiel, right? At the, let me say this. At the time of Ezekiel, um, Jerusalem was crumbling because they had followed idols after warning, after warning, after warning. And um, there was people there that claimed to be from God, but they were not warning the king the way they were supposed to. Okay, so in Ezekiel 33, 6, it says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. Verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. And when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. In verse 9, right? Verse 9, nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way. He shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Uh, David reads out of the New King James, and I'll be reading out of the message. But if the watchman sees war coming and doesn't blow the trumpet, warning the people, and war comes and takes anyone off, I'll hold the watchman responsible for the bloodshed of any unwarned sinner. You, son of man, are the watchman. I've made you a watchman for Israel. The minute you hear a message from me, warn them. If I say to the wicked, 
wicked man, wicked woman, you're on the fast track to death, and you don't speak up and warn the wicked to change their ways. The wicked will die unwarned in their sins, and I'll hold you responsible for their bloodshed. But if you warn the wicked to change their ways and they don't do it, they'll die in their sins, well warned, and at least you will have saved your own life. Well, at least you tried. He's telling Ezekiel at a time when Israel um, was being disobedient, being rebellious, worshiping false idols. The Lord was calling up people to warn the people and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And he was telling Ezekiel, if I call a watchman and, and, and war is coming and if you don't blow the trumpet to warn them, I hold their death on you. You know, and, and that, those are strong words, man, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I like the way, actually, the, there's a part here that I really love. Right? Um, it says here, uh, where is it at? Oh, there, there, there it is. He goes, I've made you a watchman for Israel, this part. The minute you hear a message from me, warn them. If I say to the wicked, wicked man, wicked woman, you're on the fast track to death, and you don't speak up, and warn the wicked to change their ways. The wicked will die unwarned in their sins, and I'll hold you responsible for their bloodshed. It's like when you're when you're saying you're accountable. Yeah. You're accountable. You know. You know when we go around saying, you know, we're held accountable for for their doings if 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 we know, but yet then we don't say anything. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. Accountability. You know, when we're held accountable. You know, that's, that's, it, it's crazy because it's like, can you imagine having a cure for cancer? And, and you walk through with, let's say there was a secret, secret, let's say there was a secret tea that the moment they drank it, they would be healed of cancer. And you have a whole case in your house. And you walk down and see a bunch of people dying. How dare you just store it in your in your pantry? And in the same way, we have something better than that. We have salvation. We have the gospel. We have the good news of Jesus Christ. How can if 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 <laughs> it's that's eternal that's eternal yes, life that's eternal life guys eternal life. How can we say? Because it's almost I sometimes I wonder if it's cliche when we're like, man. I just thank God for my salvation. That's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Really? How many of you shared it with? Because you know what? If you see a great movie, what do you do? Tell everybody about it. Yeah. You eat at a great restaurant, great taco shop, whatever, you tell everybody about it. Why? Because it truly was good. But, oh man, I thank God for my salvation. I thank him, you know. So have you shared that? Because when something good happens in your life, you don't have to be convinced to tell others, <coughs> you automatically want to share it with yeah, people. Yeah. <coughs> How much more salvation? You know, and, and I, I like this passage, honestly, because it lights a fire under my butt. You know, because I'm just like, I'm not trying to be like, okay, who's not warning? Who's not warning? I'm just like, Lord, am I warning enough? Yeah. 
And that should be what, what all of us. What more do we have to do? Yeah. You should reflect on yourself. I should reflect on myself. You watch it. You should reflect on yourself and say, man, you know what? If people die in sin, let it be. I mean, my God, let it be that I at least I spoke what the Lord put in my mind to speak and share it. And, and, and if they choose to reject it, at least I'm not guilty of holding it back. I think we have to take inventory of our own life. Like, yeah. really, we have to take an account. We have to take an inventory of what is it that we're doing? What are we doing? Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> funny story. I remember my brother, Angel, before he was saved, he brought his friend along. Remember Lalo? Yeah. He brought him along, and, and for whatever reason, I, I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but here's the thing. None of us could bring our homeboys around, because if we brought our homeboys around to the house, to the ranch, my dad was going to preach to them. It was a given, no ands, ifs, or buts. They were not going to leave that house without hearing the gospel. That's just my dad, right? So usually, though, usually, you know, my friends or whatever, they'd be respectful and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, yes, Mr. Rocha, you're right. You know, you're right. I do need to go to church. And you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. But Lalo, he tells my dad he doesn't believe in God. And we always laugh to this day because my dad looks at him right in the face. He goes, what, are you stupid or something? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. OMG. <laughs> Lalo still remembers to this day. He was taken aback because my dad was bold enough to speak the truth. Wow. Where he says, I don't know, I don't believe in God. He says, are you stupid or something? Do you understand who Jesus is? Do you understand that without Christ, you're going to go to hell? Wow. You know, and it's like, <laughs> my dad cannot be held guilty if Lalo repents or doesn't repent. At that moment back then. Because it's like my dad's like, okay, you want to say there's no God? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Wow. You know? And, and it's, it's a funny story. I'm not telling you to go and call people stupid, right? <laughs> but it's a funny thing because you know how effective that was? Because 20, 25 years later, Lalo still remembers that conversation. Because when my dad said that, it struck him to his very marrow of his bone. Mm. He had never had anybody say that so boldly and convincingly because you couldn't tell my dad, oh, I don't just don't believe in him. My dad came out of alcoholism, so my dad's like, I ain't going to hear none of that. That is the stupidest thing I ever heard. Wow. You know? <laughs> and uh, I can see that, too. My That's dad's your dad. Like, yeah. You know? Um, you're going to get preached to. You know, it's just... <laughs> That was just a given, that you were not going to step into his house. Well, you know why? You know why, though? Not because he had to be right. Because my dad knew that, that these boys were going to go down a road of destruction. Somebody has to tell them about Jesus. And my dad said, it's going to be me. Because they're not going to come into my house and leave my house without me sharing about Jesus. That's just the way it was, guys. That's just the way it was. Many times I would pull up with friends because I had to change. I had to, oh, let me take a quick shower before we go to the city or whatever. And I come out. He got some in a circle in the living room or he has them outside. A lot of times I'll tell him, hey, man, don't come in. I'm just going to take a shower. Just wait in the car. You know what my dad did? Walks outside. He got some all standing outside of the car. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's just the way, that's the way it is. You know, my dad... 
didn't have a pulpit, but his pulpit was wherever it was he stood. That was his pulpit, wherever it is. In the that, field. And that's cool. And that's cool. Like when somebody, I'll, I'll, like when one of the boys over here, I'll be like, so when are you going to go to church? You know, we should be able to be bold, you know, mm-hmm. to just, you know, be like, so when are you going to go to the church? It, it, it just, I think that is important, you know, to kind of challenge these kids, you know, and just. You know who, who else? Dale. Dale will talk about Jesus yes, to everybody. Good. I love it. I and, love it. I, and I saw it. I've known that about him for when years. We went, when we went over there, too. When he went to Oceanside. Yeah. Some of the people, because, guys, we took 32 people, including Phoenix House of Rest. And they were like, they saw Dale like yeah. he was not. And, and like Dale said later, he goes, I'm never going to see them ever in my life. I'm not going to let them pass by me without telling them about Jesus. <laughs> that's so good. And and he would be like, he'd be like, yeah, that's so-and-so. He knew them by name. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, that that person that he, he would know them by name and he'd call them by name. Yeah. Yeah. Because he would introduce himself to a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, that's that's something I could learn from. That, that's a boldness. I'm not like, man, you think I'm bold when I preach, you know, but just to go like cold turkey, I'm just like, well, I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe and, and I'm in and I have nothing but respect, man, for when I see that it really, truly, it does something to me. You know what yeah. I mean? And I love that, man. I, I, I really do, you know, and but like in my lane of preaching in the same way, though, I'm like, Lord, let me preach with the boldness. Yeah. Let me preach with the boldness, Lord, because I don't know who's here today. There was a man in today's service. Today's service was part of the story was about uh, Jairus and his little daughter was dying. And he was conflicted because he didn't believe in Jesus. But finally, when he saw his daughter dying, he went to Jesus and begged Jesus. And Jesus came and raised her to life. And the man came. And his granddaughter is in Stanford with cancer. Nine years, seven years old or nine years old? And I'm just like, wow, Lord, you had me preach that today? Mm. You know, so, you know, when, when, when I'm, and I just thank God that, that, that I'm able to not hold back when I preach. You know, sometimes things come out harsh, you know, but I would rather let it come out harsh and bring conviction. Yeah than to water it down i think everybody has their everything everybody has their gifts babe i think everybody has their different gifts you know yeah of course we all do you know i i talk to people i know you do i'm a chatterbox you know with people i don't know how she does it you know Raina laughs at me because she's like you're gonna talk to them you're gonna talk to them you're gonna talk to them aren't you and i'm like yeah i am you know i love people I love people. She finds conversation pieces <laughs> where, where I'm struggling. I'm like, how do I talk to this person? And, sh- and she'll find a way. I don't know how. I don't know how you do it, babe. I have no idea. I just sit back, you know, and I just watch. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. I just I just love people. I really do. I'm already friends with them, and I'm already like, they're but already, you, they're already, t- they're already, do you want to come over? Do you want to come you, eat? Do you want to do this? I'm like, sure. But in, in, upon reflection, I, I think what you do, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is you find the common medium between you and that person. Yeah. You find the commonality. 
You, you, it could be their shoes, their shirt. It could be what they're holding. It could be what they're doing. It could, you know, I, I noticed like waiters or waitresses, she goes, oh yeah, I did this for 12 years. Yeah. And they're like, oh really? And that's, I, I noticed that's an icebreaker well, for I, you. I, I do. I do, do find, you find, the I find, I find that or, you know, or the, their, their language, mm -hmm. you know, if they speak Spanish, I will, yeah. you want some water? No, 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 no. If, if it's their language, I'll speak Spanish to them, you know, or, you know, I'll, I'll ask them how their day's going, you know. I'll definitely ask them how their day's going. Or you if know? somebody says they're from SoCal, mm -hmm. you use that. I've, I've seen that. Just anything, you know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll just oh, break really? it Oh, really? Where? Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, you know, I was, you know, and then you start conversating about the different places um, in Southern and California. Just break it in and I'll just start talking to them, you know, and I think I'll, it just kind of leads and it opens it up for a conversation, you know, about church, you know, oh, we're here for a church function or, yeah. you know, we, you know, you should come see us, you know, down at the church, you know, and it's just a way to invite, you know, and start talking about the Lord and, you know, what God can do in their life. And, and it just opens it up for me to talk about the Lord and how he's so amazing or just, you know, invite them. Well, yeah. Well, we go to Dutch brothers. It's like four blocks away and they're all young people guys. And a lot of times, you know, every time before I'm even, they ask a question they're like, Oh, what are you guys doing today? Or where are you guys coming from? My brain don't think that fast. By the time I'm saying it, she goes, Oh, we're just on our way to the church. I always bring up the church. And they're like, Oh, church. Oh yeah. We're pastors. You should come. You know, like, boom, I'm always inviting. And, and I'm still like, well, well, like, what just happened? You know what I mean? I'm over here thinking of the coffee drink and she's already, boom, finds this conversation. Yeah. You know, because they're youngsters, you know, I'm always wanting to try to because I know that we're going to see them again and we're going to continue seeing them. And if we just keep seeing them, these are young people and they're already they're already getting to know us and they think we're cool. They think we're cool pastors, you know, and I'm like, all right, one of these days I'm just going to get them and I'm going to invite them. And I'm like, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to open up a cafe. You know, we can use some help over there and da da da. And I just know that I can just get them to maybe one day come to the youth, to the young man. We we're going to have young adults, you know, and you know how many, worship leaders will come out of that how many you know musicians will come out of there i know that the lord's gonna save them man i really do yeah. and i i just get excited i get excited yeah. when i talk about people <laughs> and we can go on and on guys there's so many different people i don't want to leave anybody out uh, i i know alex alves he, he he talks to co-workers he talks to people yeah. he shares his he shares his faith i mean and i know it's a it's a tight rope because he's a manager you know, and, I, and there's got to be, he's got to be careful with that. But at the same time, he will seize opportunities to well, share. And, and I believe that it starts with teaching, being able to teach, yeah. you know, and, and all of that. And that's a way of doing it as well. Um, Pastor Lydia, mm -hmm. you know, she takes that opportunity to be able to, to be able to uh, pour into with, with, you know, with the type of work that she does, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a very, you know, in a, in a way where, she pours in, but it's it's a way to teach them the skills of life, you know, yeah. because there's a way that you have to be strategic in the line of work that she does as yeah. well, you know. But you can use your 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 past life, her life, the life that she's been through in order to to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. This is what God did in my life, you know. Yeah. Her testimony. Um, Anthony Trejo, 
He, he last week he brought eight coworkers. Today he brought two. Two. Yes. Two coworkers. Why? Because he's sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. He shares, he seizes the opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and like I'm sure if I sit here I can tell you other people, but this is this is what we're talking about is what God tells you you need to speak out. And whether they choose to reject God or not, at least that is that blood is not on you. Yeah. You know, when I see when I see this this passage that mm-hmm. he's reading, it makes me think a lot about Jonah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the only difference here is that Jonah tried to run, you know. Yeah. He tried to run from when when you know he was running away from Nineveh, but you know, the Lord didn't allow that to happen off obviously. But you know, there's consequences when we when we try to run from what the Lord is trying to call us to do, yeah. you know, and and it's so important that you know, we take account for for what the Lord is trying to do because there's accountability. Um, and if, and if we don't, you know, if we don't do what it is that the Lord is asking us to do, you know, then we, we're responsible for the lives, Mm -hmm. for those lives. We're held accountable for those lives. And we got to be very careful, you know, for the lives that the Lord, that the Lord is, um, you know, placed under us. Yeah. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta think about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a beautiful passage. It's a passage that wakes you up though. It's a passage that you got to take heed to and say, man. You know, even even beyond salvation, you know, I think I mentioned in the sermon that that Brother Anthony that passed, De La Garza, the one time he came to church, I was able to, I prayed for healing. I prayed in, in my heart. I wanted to see him leap out of that chair, you know, and, and it didn't happen. But here's the thing. I never, I never wanted to face God where he says, man, I sent him. And you didn't lay hands on him. And you know what broke my heart was this, is after the fact, after the fact, I found out that he went to a church service and he went up to altar call because they said, whoever wants to be prayed for, whoever wants to lay hands, whoever wants to receive salvation, whoever wants to be healed, come. And he got skipped. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I don't know what church. It doesn't even matter what church. But I remember... Him sharing that, I'm not. I don't even. I don't know if it was him or or even Ernie. I'm, I'm going to ask Ernie actually, because I remember that he was skipped. You know that not at our church. I'm saying somewhere, and why, why, you know my thing wasn't. It's not on. It's not on me. The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I can't do the recovering, but what I can do is lay hands. Yeah. At that point, I'm praying in the name of Jesus for him to get out of that chair. Now, somebody might say, well, see what happened. He passed. You know, and that's not the point, though. The point is obedience in the same way. If the Lord, that's why right here in the scripture, it says, you speak what I'm whispering to you, whether they repent or not. You do what I'm telling you to do. Lay hands on the sick. You know, pray for people, lead them to Christ, compel them to come to the kingdom of God. Whether they do or not, they have free choice. But let it not be because you kept your mouth shut. Yeah. You know? Amen, that's good. So anyways, guys, with that, I I do want to remind you, I know we don't always say, but we have a house of rest in Phoenix. There's a house church there that is a, a... what do we call it? An extension of us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Tony and Michelle Paleo in Phoenix. They're on the website. If you go to our website, you'll find their information on how to get a hold of them. 
www.houseofrestchurch.com. The reason I say that is he sent me some awesome pictures because it's in a house, it's in the backyard of a house. And he sent me, they're starting to kind of fix it up, you know, and, and he was so proud of those pictures. I'm like, man, remember when I showed them to you? Cause I was so proud of them, you know? So, um, I wanted to show you those pictures right here as we're talking. And, um, if you are in a Phoenix area, you know, make sure you go, man. I mean, you know, the, the greatest, here's the thing, here's the thing is that I want to remind you of something It's in their backyard. There's no roof. But didn't Eli just share last week that that beautiful church in Mexico, when he went the first time, it had no roof, but the Spirit of God was there. Mm -hmm. And that little roofless place is now a sanctuary of worship. Yes. So it took for the people to come together, mm -hmm. you know, because we yeah. got to remember that we're the church. Yeah. We are what make it the church. And it, it takes the body to come together to make it the church. Yeah. So guys, we got to come together and, 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 and make it what it is, yeah. you know, because we're the body. So yeah. in order to make it a church, go so you guys can feel it and make it the church that, yeah. it, that it is. You know, Tony was uh, telling me, the leader there, he was telling me uh, last week, a few days ago, he says, man, you know, we were having sound issues and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't coming off right. And he goes, David, he goes, I followed you what you did here. He goes, remember, you took all the wires off and you started from the beginning. He goes, and I did that. He goes, man, and the sound was perfect. You know, so him by just watching how I did it, you know, because it was their sound system. When we went down there, he had the setup and it, things weren't right. And he saw me just completely dismantle it and perfect. break it and Beautiful. fix it up again. And he learned from that. You know, so that's what I'm talking about is he was able to see and he learns and then he just moves on and they didn't have sound issues after that, Yeah. you know, because it's hard to nitpick what you find. But here's the thing, right? Yeah, maybe they have sound issues. Maybe they don't have a roof. Maybe it's in the backyard. But what if, what if you're the missing thing? You're the missing person. You're the missing link mm -hmm. that they need to make that what it needs to be made, what the Holy Ghost is asking to be made, you know? So yeah. that's why we share about that, guys, and proudly share these pictures of the backyard and, and the things that they're doing, you know? So anyways, um, is that it? Yeah, I think that's it, guys. You know, um, remember, guys, that, uh, you know, it's a two-way street. Remember that accountability um, is... is uh, is important that we're held accountable, not just accountability, but the we're held accountable for those that um, are under us. Amen. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, guys, we wish we could be at 50 places all at once, but I can't. I don't think you split into 50, do you? No. I don't even split into two, baby. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think you do somehow, but yeah. <laughs> no. You know, um, there's times we're at the church. It's it's crazy. Let me tell you guys this. It's crazy because we both have step counters, okay? And for some reason, my husband has less steps than me, and he kept thinking, it's impossible that you keep having more steps than me. And I'm like, David, I'm literally running around more than you, and... Abraham's like, well, you keep moving your hands more. And I said, it has nothing to do with my hands. I actually do a lot more. So, so I, she started moving her hand on purpose to see if it, would, it wouldn't change. And it wouldn't count. change. So I'm like, 
I do a lot more. And so I didn't realize this man here yesterday had been observing me the whole day. <laughs> and so yesterday night I was sitting here and I'm like, David, I said, babe, I'm being serious. You said you make me feel like I'm cheating or something. I said, you make me feel like I'm cheating on my steps or something. And I said, babe, I'm tired. I said, I really do. I did 11,000 steps. And I said, please don't make me feel like I'm cheating or something. You think that I'm moving my hand or something. And he says, he says, actually, he goes, no, you're right. He goes, I actually sat here and watched you all day. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to figure out what she did. Like and right now, we don't, haven't checked. She doesn't know how many steps I have, and I don't know how many steps she has. Mm -hmm. I'm at 5,017. Okay, and guess what? Today, I have, I've actually been lazier today because I've been tired because yesterday I've been so busy. And look, look what I'm at today. 6,800. Because today, right after church, we came straight here, and I haven't done anything but just sit here today. Usually, on a usual day, she's double what I what I have. If yes. I have five thousand, she has ten thousand. If I have six thousand, she has twelve thousand. Yeah. So, but today I really didn't do anything. I really came came home, and I just wanted to kick off my shoes, and I just sat here and watched, you know, the game with them, and I just little did not want to do anything. So. Do you, does it look like I'm doing anything different? No. Mm -hmm. So yesterday he's like, yeah, I really observed you and you really, really were doing a lot. So I believe you. And I'm like, seriously, dude? Because I'm like, what are you doing? Are, are you walking like this? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, guys. So, yeah. This man. This man. How dare he? But anyways, I won't beat him up tonight, guys. I'll be nice to him so that way we can do another devotional for... The rest of our lives <laughs> all right we love you guys enjoy your coffee enjoy your day and we'll see you guys tomorrow all righty bye guys bye